Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. Today I'm interviewing Spencer. Spencer Gallagher is the CEO and co-founder of Cactus. Cactus is UK's leading agency growth consultancy and they have supported over a thousand agencies globally over the past eight years. Cactus works with the next generation of independent agencies to help them scale. Spencer is also the co-author of Agencynomics, the Amazon five-star rated best-selling book and audiobook aimed to help all types of agencies scale from startup to the first three to five million in revenue. Spencer started his agency life in 1999 and exited his agency Blue Halo to Gyro in 2008 and took Blue Halo and Gyro to the eighth largest digital agency in the UK in 2009. Gyro is now part of the Dentsoon network. We just have a general chit chat really. It's quite an interesting episode if you're in the agency world. Well, hi there, Spencer. It's nice to speak to you again. Oh, it's great to catch up. Um, we, we, have our, we have these fantastic conversations from time to time, and uh, I always look forward to them, Nate. <laughs> me too, me too. So I know you've built a, a big business and you've, you've sold it. Wasn't it a top 10 digital agency in the UK? Or? Yeah, when I, when I finally exited uh, uh, Blue Halo, we were actually we were, uh, yeah, ranked the 10th largest digital agency in the UK. So it was quite an achievement, really, considering I started a shed in my mum's back garden in 1999 and had to weather the dot-com crash in 2000, 2001. So, um, yeah, it was a good journey. You know, I, I built this business up. Um, I sold it to a larger advertising company in the end uh, to, to, to take over the mantle and continue the journey. But uh, I used to build all the Premiership Football Club websites, I used to build like Tottenham and Liverpool, work with people like Andy Murray, the Premier League. So we were pretty big in sports. Um, Blackberry, when we always use Blackberries before iPhones, was a big client as well. Um, but yeah, so that was that was sort of my, I guess my first business success. Fantastic! That must have been a lot of fun. So, how many did you have? A lot of employees there, um, Spencer. Yeah, the team in the end was finished up. Um, well, it actually finished up. So, two. I, mean, I had sort of two hundred in my digital team at the end, but um, the. The group that I then uh, got bought up by, I was in the leadership team of about 600. So we were running, you know, marketing, advertising, and digital campaigns globally across the world. Uh, so yeah, it was quite a big, quite quite a, quite a big team. But you know, not tens of thousands. So maybe a that was it, a small big business. So it wasn't a lifestyle business for you. It was a, it was it was a scalable exit, planned exit, right? Well, I don't, yeah, it wasn't really planned. I guess when I started, I'd, I'd actually could be made redundant three times in one year from sales jobs. Um, I realized that people were becoming more and more impatient with, with salespeople and the results that they bring in. And I think every time I got made redundant, I think all the deals that I've been working on sort of came in. So I, I made this decision. I was in my spare time. I was building websites in the early 90s. And I'd been to America and I'd seen all the television adverts over there containing website URLs, you know, before they were in the UK, I decided that I'd start to, you know, build, to, to start a business really, building websites for people. At that stage, you know, I am literally in a purple shed in my mum's back garden building websites for the local Indian restaurant and, you know, local hire company and some small, and the business was lifestyle. You know, I think I, 
I was earning you know, year one, something like £35,000, but I was working for myself, working the hours I wanted to work in year two, which is probably half my salary, by the way, you know, my first year earnings in the business. But year two, I was up to about the same, maybe a bit more, £70,000, £80,000 a year. There was two of us, and it was very much a lifestyle business. In fact, in my head, I could only really ever see myself at that stage going, growing a business of about eight people. I had no visions of grandeur, no visions of scaling and selling. I think the business kind of just, you know, the internet, as you know, grew massively through once the, the dot-com crash happened early 2000s. By 2003, BT had sort of moved on to this thing called broadband away from ISDN. And all of a sudden, I found myself with like a thousand clients by about 2005. And the business just started to grow. I mean, we were a Deloitte Tech Fast 50 and European Fast 500 growth business. And the business just started scaling really fast. And as a result of that, the chaos that happened. I mean, I was just trying to grow the business to be the biggest in the country, but it got to a point where organic growth was quite hard and I didn't maybe have all the cash needed to to go and buy a business to to grow through acquisition to become even bigger. Somewhere along the journey, you know, I met some a big firm of accountants who said, look, there may be another way for you to get to your end goal, you know, by actually becoming part of something much bigger. And that's kind of how I guess I ended up selling the business because, you know, they took my billings and took their billings and put them together and it, and it made a, you know, a much bigger business. Um, but, I, but I, you know, I did okay out of the exit. You know, I owned the business 100%, which really helped. And I sold the business at a, a particularly, you know, good point in the economy just before everything crashed in 2008. But I would like to say I was a genius and timed that well, but that was probably <laughs> luck than anything. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that was really the truthful story. I mean, I definitely woke up a couple of times and thought, this is quite, getting quite hard now. You know, I was feeling quite burnt out, often at times when I wasn't really looking after myself, taking enough holidays, maybe working a bit too hard. But, yeah, I think it wasn't a conscious decision to build and sell, weirdly. Today, I guess it's quite different because now I'm helping businesses are going in when they are small and helping them scale. This time, I kind of ask them up front. I say, what are you doing? Are you, you know... Are you like me? Are you looking initially just to build an eight-man agency? Or are you looking to build, you know, are you looking for world domination? And I think I try and find that early on with people when I work with them. I, I think it's important that people understand what it is they're doing and, and what, are the, what does the journey look like on both sides. And I guess different types of personalities probably take on different, have different visions for their business as well. And different ambitions so yeah so that's kind of I guess that's kind of it really I mean I, you know the, the, in the early days of helping businesses I I was a bit anti-lifestyle because I because obviously I built and sold a business myself and, it, and I'd seen it be quite a successful route and both my parents had um, lifestyle businesses you know they they've nothing glamorous they both had cleaning companies but at the end of their, you know, when they went to retire, they, they didn't have a lot to show for it. You know, they, they yes, they'd paid their mortgages off or they'd always had nice cars, but they hadn't really, you know, maybe created massive wealth independence. So, so when I was first going in, I was sort of trying to convince everyone why they should scale. But I guess as I kind of matured in, in the role of, of helping and, you know, and mentoring and coaching people to grow, I started to realize that actually the most important thing is that if people are going to have a lifestyle business, that they don't just take all the cash out of their business and, and you know, use it for their, for their personal living expenses, but they actually start to use that money to invest in, the, in their retirement, in their future. Because I do get a lot of phone calls, right, from people in their 60s going, hey, I've built this agency over the last 20, 30 years and, 
uh, you know, we're six of us. I'd just, I'd like to know if I could sell the business now. And, and it's just not worth anything, right? It's been, you know, there's no value in that business at all. You know, the, the relationships are all with the owners. You know, I said, I do hope you've been saving away for the last 30 years. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to grow it and sell it now. And I'm like, you're probably a bit late if I'm honest. And it, it's, you know, so I think it is, it is important to know from the outset, what are you trying to do? And I've had people who say they're going to scale and then kind of decide that it's too hard and, and, and focus on lifestyle. And I've had people who've scaled and made no money and people who have saved lifestyle and made fortunes. And, you know, so the, I think the difference is, is, you know, is often quite subjective whether or not, you know, lifestyle business can't make as much money as a, a business that sells. But on the whole, you know, it's important for me now to find out which, which is their particular routes and then hopefully optimize the business, you know, around their plans for that. It's quite, it's quite a long answer that really, wasn't it? Well, it's, it's good to get to the bottom of it, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I, whilst you were talking, I was thinking about my dad and, you know, they had a lifestyle business, my mum and dad. And, and it, it, you know, when I grew up, it was, it was kind of weird. Like, it was just sort of like, you know, but my dad, he didn't treat it like a lifestyle business because he loved it so much. It's kind of like when a hobby becomes a business, yeah you kind of just work all the hours under the sun and you don't have a hobby anymore and it's a and it's a really difficult call you know it's just like there's a, there's a there's a thing you know yes you got a passion for what you do but like if you if you step away from it and you go well actually i'm not looking after myself i'm not looking after my friends my family and my yeah. exercise routine mm-hmm. and my meditation and you know whatever you enjoy doing then it's not a lifestyle business. It's just like a business that you've been sucked yeah. into, you know, and that's, that's, that's a real struggle for me because I'm working really hard in, in uh, you know, to grow what I'm doing. And I love everything that I do, most of it. I'm not going to lie. There's always admin that drives you around the bend, right? But it's, it's, it's not easy, is it? No, I mean, I think, you know, people have got to understand that a lifestyle business still needs to grow because, you know, if it's not growing, it's dying. So, so you can't just necessarily sit back and, you know, let the passive income roll in because ultimately in the end it will come under threat. It will, you know, the business will start to, to, to fade away. So you have to invest time in it. And then there's a fine line, isn't there, between that time of keeping what's important to you in balance. You know, I, I have this sort of grid that I draw a matrix and I, I sort of write my wife, myself, um, my kids and my business. And I, I sort of score them plus for too much, minus for not enough and plus minus. And I constantly try and keep myself in check. So I'm getting time for myself, time for my kids, time for my wife and, you know, and time for the business. Because actually today, I mean, I guess my business now is a lifestyle business. And just like you just said, I've hit a point and I wrote a book last year and that almost tipped over uh, the lifestyle business, the point where everyone wants to suddenly talk to you. Everyone wants to kind of, you know, um, start, more people want to work with you. And I think, you know, t- uh, tomorrow night I've got my son's parents evening, something like when I had my, my scalable business, I used to, I mean, I didn't really see my son till he was six years old when I grew my first business. I mean, it pains me to say that, but that, the truth is I was up at six and I was back at, you know, 10, 11. And I probably... You know, I, you know, I was that classic, you know, 90, 100 hour week person. I was working you know, offices in, in um, you know, 16 countries. So, you know, you've got the Middle East, you're working weekends, you know, you're, you're on the phone to West Coast America till 10, 11 at night. Um, and so 
I vowed with my with my new consultancy that I would never do that. I would I would you know basically be there, and I, and I have been. But since the book, like for example, tomorrow night uh, parents' evening, I'm going to struggle to get there, and that's really painful for me because that's probably the first time. In fact, I missed one of my son's football matches. He, um, uh, you know, recently because I couldn't get back from where I was, and I thought all of a sudden it's starting to now, you know, encroach, and and that that that's I guess the checking mechanism I've got to do myself to try and prevent, you know, that from happening. Well, with this business, look, I might go and have another scalable business next time, but for the moment, um, you know, I've got to try and stay true to what I'm doing. So, so yeah, I do agree with you. Sounds like a lot of fun, though. Yeah, and you're right. You know, like if you do what you love, then you never work a day in your life, right? And that's the hobby thing, which is great. And I think, you know, I do what I love. You know, I, I don't want to run another AC, but I love helping people. I love working on people's businesses. And, and you know, and so and I, I know you're the same. You know, you're passionate about everything that you do. You yeah. always have been. And I think, if, I think if you do that, you know, that meme, you know, you never work a day in your life is so true. It's just sometimes the hobby, as you say, suddenly just starts running away with itself and you've almost got to, you know, you've got to learn to say no, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. But I think also there needs to be a sort of healthy mix between, you know, the time that you put in and also the technologies that you're using, because there must be certain things. I mean, I know you're good with, with kind of, you know, you've got, you've got your PA and, and she helps organize the finer details of the meetings. Like, you know, for instance, like chasing me up on this zoom link for the, for the record, for the recording for this, you know, but I'm, but I'm like you, you just said, you know, the you, you sort of said about all oh, about the admin. I mean, I'm, you know, I understand who I am and, and, you know, I am a really good, I'm, I'm a very good strategist. I'm brilliant with creative ideas, but you know, detail is not my strong point. So that's why my business partner now is my former FD. So I have, a, you know, a wingman, a business partner who, who handles all the financials. And then I have a PA who enables me to, or an EA to be able to pick up everything, you know, to do all that detail thinking for me. And, and I think, you know, it's great when you've got a scalable business because you have all those people around you. Yeah. When you're, it's just you, you don't, you know, you, you've then got to identify that. And, and you're right, the software tools, um, you know, will really, really help you. And I think that's where the, probably the most exciting you know areas are for people like you and I now is because there's a huge amount of stuff that we can do to to automate you know some of the the details so, I mean you know certain accounting products now just make it so much easier right to, to raise invoices to look at your finances compared to what it used to be like there's so many great email tools like even the way that CRM integrates into your email you know it, all those things really help you save time right for sure but like then but then doesn't it go back to like thinking well actually do I have a job or do I have a business? Because like, there's a completely different, it's a disconnect. And that's, I think a lot of the problem with a lot of people, like I'm going right now, I'm moving from freelancer. I'm in the process of moving from freelancer to business. Yeah. Yeah. Owner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've been attempting to do, but because of life circumstance, I can't do that right now. So I'm, I'm sort of setting things up for the future. So that's going to work out. A lot of people, they don't understand the difference. For example, someone may say, well, I'm a, I'm a business owner. It's like, well, okay, so um, how many people are in the business? Oh, it's just me. It's like, mm. well, no, you're just a self-employed. There's nothing wrong with that, being no. a self-employed freelancer, right? There's nothing wrong yeah. with it if you accept the fact that that's what you are. Like Seth yeah. Godin, he, he, he says he's a self-employed freelancer. Yes. Right? 
Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I think, um, and I would deliberately try to not with this business to, to become, I mean, I've been, I've been both, by the way. So I, you know, I, when, I, when I was in the shed in the back garden, I was that freelancer startup and I, the, you know, the freelancer consultant type role. But the shift was, I guess, when you take on your first employee, because the moment what you start to realize is by recruiting somebody else, hope that frees you up to work on more valuable parts of your business. And in fact, what I, one of the bits of advice I give to the agencies I'm, I mentor and I work with, and, 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 and you know, the people I just generally talk to in the sector is, it's the agencies that don't commit to employees that, that tend to build networks of freelancers that often don't really grow that fast because they're not really committing to the business. They're not really committing to that because I have an EA and because, you know, Pete and I are in the business and because we have an, you know, another, another employee, we have to pay the wages each month, which means we have to, there's an element of, of having to hit sales numbers of having to hit, you know, revenue targets and stuff to make sure pay for everybody. And that kind of changes the dynamic enough. Whereas when it's just you, right, if you don't really hit your sales number, it doesn't really matter, right? Cause it's just you that you've got to pay for. And, Often you're not living off, you know, huge amounts of money, um, and uh, and you know you can always make it up next month if you want to. So I think there is there is you're right. There's a very fine line between being that independent person and then actually making that step to be able to to recruit and commit to people, you know, to turn this into a, a business. But it just because you are employees doesn't mean you could just you're still not a lifestyle business, right? So. I guess it's when the business starts to creep up beyond maybe 15, 16 employees that all of a sudden, you know, the, the dynamics changing and it's becoming more of a, a proper business. Then it still could be a lifestyle business, couldn't it? I yeah, mean, of course. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, I'm trying to think of the biggest, I think the biggest lifestyle business that I've personally been into is probably about, it's probably about 90 employees. Which you know, which you know, is, is you know probably you know sort of nine ten million in fees, and, and it's a you know pretty big business. It can be much bigger. It's quite fun though, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, but but like all things, you know, you can't see the wood for the trees, and sometimes when you get busy, you kind of, you, you know, you do, you know, it takes me sometimes. I just have to walk away, you know, go for a long walk and just reflect back and and just remind yourself sometimes how much you do. I, I love what I do, but even I get wrapped up, you know, yeah. sometimes in dealing with like, you know, cause I guess when you're helping other businesses that you're constantly helping them overcome challenges that they've got. So sometimes, you know, you're, it's fun, but sometimes it doesn't feel like fun when you're solving their problems for them, if that makes sense. Oh, completely. But when I look back, I, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for, you know, for, for the opportunity I've created in this, in Cactus, the business I now run. And, and yeah, writing the book was great fun as well. I mean, I cursed and moaned all the way through it, but actually now I'm seeing the benefits of it. And that's really, really exciting for me. You know, all of a sudden when you've got people globally contacting you, asking you for help, and all of a sudden your business goes from, you know, helping people in the UK to helping people around the world. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm going to write another book. I wrote a book, but I was just sort of, I was just... At the time, my, my mindset wasn't right. And, 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 and like, I did it on personal branding, yeah. But the thing was, I was just like, well, actually, uh, ev- and then everyone started deciding they were personal branding experts. And I thought, do you know what? I don't need to compete with these people. I'm just, I'm just going to do something else. Because that's, that's the thing, is that I don't see the point in competing. Like, there's no point in competing. Oh, we've, all got, we've all got notifications coming up. Sorry. <laughs> <How> funny. <laughs> Sorry. 
I swear I was going to turn those off before I did this, but anyway. It sorry. doesn't matter. It happens all the time, you know. <laughs> but, but, but so where was I? I had a really great train of thought there, and both those notifications just went. What the hell was I talking about? You were talking about, do you know what you're talking about? And I completely was connecting with it was you wrote the book and then it felt you felt like everybody else had written the same book. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so exactly. So I just decided that, do you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a book on personal branding anymore. I'm just going to sell it myself on my own website. If people buy it, then that's great. Right. And that's what mm -hmm. I did. And, and it was, and it's a really good book. Yeah. But I think the next book I'm going to write, I'm going to, I've got a title for it. I'm not going to talk about it now, but I'm going to try and get my dad to help me write it because, yeah. because he's had his own business. He used to teach business. He was Britain's leading business management expert for 10 well, years back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm going to try and recruit him to help me. He will say, yeah, sure. Now I'll help you, but he's 85. So he'll be like, you can do the work and I'll, I'll just sit and read it kind of thing. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, which is fine because it's actually really nice to just, to just hang out yeah. with you folks, you know, but that point, that point you made there, I think is quite, because I, so when I set up Cactus to help agencies scale, there was nobody else in the UK doing this, right? And you, you might remember we set this sort of other business up called the AC Collective, which yeah. was almost helping the sub one million pound agencies, which is the majority grow. No one was supporting agency growth and no one was holistically under the bonnet helping agencies scale. You know, forward the clock five, six years later, it feels like every single person on the planet is doing what is doing what I do now, of course. And so we wrote the book Agencynomics as a way to, in a, you know, in a way to kind of, I guess, just commoditize to a certain degree most of the information that was maybe often, you know, not really published, not really. But since I've written the book, I think there's been two, two or three more books have come out. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is that I think that's just life, right? You know, you're a lead, you, you lead or you follow. You know, you're sometimes, you know, I think my, I was told once it was, um, you know, pioneers get scalped. I've always kind of been not really, I wasn't the, yeah, the first person to build websites as a company, but I was kind of close to it. And I wasn't the first person to write a book on how to grow an AC, but I was pretty close to it. And I think, you know, you're, I think, you know, you're, you're always going to find whatever you do, business or writing, you know, in your new ventures, all of a sudden lots of people doing it. But I think you do have to run your own race. I think the lesson I've learned in life now is I've switched off all of the noise to the competition of people around me and I just literally focus on my, my own race because I know you know I know that I, I work you know more progressively let's say than most other people so I will always lead to, to a certain or lesser extent yeah I yeah. think you've got to do the same really yeah I agree completely I think it's a question of attitude as well isn't it and but also it goes back to who do you want to work with because there are going to be certain people that you love to work with and I yeah. love to work with, right? Because I'm not being funny, but we're quite similar in our, like, I don't like admin, you don't like admin. I don't like finance, you don't like finance. I'm sure we have the same Myers-Briggs personality, I'm sure. Right, so, so all of the people, it seems, that I talk to on a daily basis, most of them are like us, yeah? But, so the people who are very different, I'm not gonna enjoy doing business with on the whole, because they're actually gonna like, just do my head in, yeah? And that's, and that's the same with you. And I suppose that's, that's when you decide, right, I'm going to build a business and deal with people that I don't want to deal with myself. So I need to hire people who are 
this type of person who will deal with that type of individual you know i mean i'm not sure i'd be as harsh as that i mean i i you know i i find myself actually often better when i have opposite people around me and I, I mean I, I know what you're saying so for, in terms of like um personality types if i'm going out and i'm meeting people i want to work with i, I I do get on really well with other expressive, extroverted people, right? Because, you know, I can have good banter and everything else. Um, but sometimes when I'm trying to, you know, if I'm trying to grow a business, sometimes I, I recognize that some of the best people I work with are, are creatives. Yeah, they are, they are engineers. They're often introverted. And, and actually, I, I, I te- I, although that's the complete opposite of me, I think I'm 99% extroverted. It's like, I do get on very well it's that Steve Jobs and Wozniak kind of, you know, you know, partnership, you know, my business partner is complete opposite of me, but right. you know, in some ways that we would together, we become something. Oh, look, I thought I'd turn them off and they're still bleeding. It's all right. Mine will go off. Mine will go and, off in a minute. And so, so, but you are right. I mean, I, I do find that the people like me, I guess I know how to inspire those people and how to motivate those people. And I guess they, they relate to, we relate to each other better. Mm. And, I, and I, I would say in agencies, it's interesting because when I'm trying to scale agencies up, the people who are more like uh, me tend to grow businesses faster because they are often more sales focused. They are often more, you know, they're, 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 they have you know, stronger visions that they, you know, they are, they maybe they have more drive ultimately where, and they're not necessarily as a craftsman, you know, whereas the creatives and the technical, they want to build a business, you know, the product, the service, the product, product products or the service, the service, service or the brand, the brand, the brand, everything comes first. And, and I, I totally respect that. But then I think there are different techniques for those people to scale compared with me. So yeah, look, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the whole subject of personalities and, and, and learning to understand how to motivate different types of personalities, because I think that's the real challenge. It's easy for us to, to get energy from people like ourselves, right? But it's how do you inspire people without your personality to achieve you know their goals as well that's interesting that you're interested in that I'm interested in I'm interested in actually how to communicate with those certain other types of individuals that's what I'm, I'm into right now is just sort of learning the type of message to send to that particular person that's gonna not inspire them just gonna get the result that I want do you know crystal knows pardon do you know the product Crystal Nose? Is that is that is that like a, a techie communication product that plugs into emails and stuff and suggests the right words to use? Yeah, yeah. Like it, I used the beta one earlier on, and I, and it was a little bit shaky, but I but I actually climb I used it, and I read. I, I must relook at it myself, but but what it would do is say, um, you know, this person you're writing to is really detailed based on all of the emails they've sent you so far, um, their LinkedIn profile, their Twitter profile. So it uses kind of AI and it mixes in with their personality. And do you know what? I'm not saying it's an exact science, but sometimes, like it says for me, when emailing Spencer, always use four lines or less. Yeah. And you know what? It's so true. If you email me with less than four lines, I will reply to you probably within a matter of hours. If you write more than five line, four lines, it takes me a week. <laughs> <laughs> because, because to do a detailed reply, I have to sit down, I have to be in the right frame of mind, and I have to give it proper attention. I need no distractions. And I pretty, only, pretty much only get that time on a Sunday morning if I decide to get up and, you know, and try and, and, and do a little bit of work. So... So, yeah, so I think that's a great tool that's worth checking out. I must re-check it out. 
That's very cool. I'll uh, I'll try and try and dig out a link for that in in the show notes. I'll have a little look. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an email. Tell me how see how it says I have to email you. I bet it says please write a short brief email. Yeah, two lines, like one line. <laughs> but no, that that tool actually I think plugs into one of the tools. I use something called Nimble CRM, and it's like a yep. it's like a. I'm gonna pop a link in the show notes for that as well because it's. It's basically like a, uh, what would you call it? It's like a CIA tool, a CRM, that basically every piece of, of public content around an individual has, has put on, online, it will go and scour it, and then it will pull oh, it right in. That. What? That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I, I use it. I, I'm, a, I'm a nimble partner, and I'm interviewing the, uh, the CEO in the next week or so around CRMs. He built something called Goldmine, um, oh, I remember Goldmine, yeah, because Goldmine and Act were kind of the two old uh, CRMs in, back in the day we'd use. So what was that product called, the, the oh, CIA one? Uh, Nimble. I'll drop you a link because uh, I, like I have like a referral code. So if you go to natschooler.com forward slash Nimble, then you can actually pick up a 40% discount on nimble crm which is the most amazing social crm that i was talking to spencer about so yeah i hope you like it and if you put in the voucher code john 40 so that's j-o-n 40 then you will get first of all you get your two weeks free and then you will get your 40 percent discount for three months and i love nimble i use it every day I, the problem is I do use another another well-known CRM system and I, I, I'm not migrating anything away. It's been too painful to get yeah, yeah. to. But they used to be Charlie app, didn't they? Who used to do, it used to go, because what I love doing with my AC clients is getting them to do persona work on their own clients. So who are their clients? What are their interests? What are they into? And Charlie app used to do that, but now I think they've turned it into a commercial product. So I think it, I, I mean, I need to check it out, but right. this, this, this product you said sounds brilliant. Well, I'm a, I'm a nimble partner. So okay. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I sort of work quite closely with those guys, but the tool is so amazing because like, you know, like you can have a conversation with someone in an email and they mm -hmm. might email you. Well, you just copy their name, drop, drop their name and email into this thing and it will go and find them. And it'll find them on LinkedIn, it'll find them on Facebook, wow. find them on Twitter and uh, Angel List, wherever the hell they are. And then you just go, yep, that's him. Click, 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 click. And then it pulls it all in and just and, and, and you basically, you know exactly what they've been up to. You know which platforms they post on the most, you know. Uh, and also it's got like Not a Twitter bad. integration as well, which is which is really cool. So, yeah, and it integrates. I use it as my inbox. It's my inbox now. Like, literally, I just use that instead of like yeah. any – I don't That's use it. But, but it's, you know, it's you get lost in this geeky world. Yes. yes. It's not that I'm a stalker. I just I just forget things a lot. So like when someone says a football team is support, I always forget. <laughs> so, so so those tools are great more for me just to remind me of those little little details that maybe I'm sometimes can't can't always remember. So, I'm just laughing. I'm laughing at you because they, I'm the same. And what's really funny is they say that all really intelligent people forget loads of stuff. So don't worry. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> That's classic, man. For me, it's because I'm a visual learner. I'm really am a visual learner, and I, I just have to take some time to store 
these things in my head rather than just have a conversation. They never tend to stick, you know? So that's really funny. So how do people get hold of you then Spencer, if they, if they want to find you and get some help in growing their digital or, or you deal with other agencies and other businesses or is it just digital marketing? No, no, I, I you know, I use the word agency, but you know, I don't mean government agencies or recruitment agencies. I, specifically work with design brand creative advertising marketing um, technology businesses um, that, that sell a service you know so more like the, what we call digital agencies but I think today most agencies have digital technology at the heart of everything they do even the brand agencies I work with are you know are, are very very innovative in terms of technology so um, yes I guess there's a skew a little bit because I I'm good with technology. I have good um, understanding of uh, of the of the way it's evolving, the speed it's evolving, and and that helps keep my clients' services less commoditized. Um, do you know I got rid of that, and then another one just Sorry. came. Yeah, it, ha- it um, happened. I, I just leave them in now. People are used. I just to- on disturb on everything, but somehow that one's got through on some other kind of uh, uh, notification. But um, anyway, um. So, so, so LinkedIn is probably the best way to get, to get hold of me. Um, but the one thing I would say is I only connect to people that I, I met or know, which is a, a really big bone of contention. So what I would say is if you do add me on LinkedIn, please send me a, a, a message. Actually, I'd, I'm quite happy there for it to be more than four lines. Um, but please send me a message telling me a bit about yourself and, and, and your business. And then, and then what I normally do is I try and set up a call just to speak, to understand more about what you've been, what you've been up to and what your plans are. And uh, yeah, so so LinkedIn, I would say, is, is the best way. So you've basically been doing this digital agency uh, cactus for like, what, 10 years? Yeah, so it, it's um, actually it's eight years because I, I took some time out after selling the business uh, just to really think about what I want to do next. And yeah, so it's, it's been eight, eight years now. And, you know, I've helped, you know, I've helped over a thousand agencies. And, you know, my core clients on average grow about 85% per year. So that's quite, you know, quite fast growth. We have some, you know, good methodology to help accelerate growth and also overcome growth growth challenges that agencies hit because we all hit them, as, or all businesses hit them at certain sizes. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. I know you've got to get off and so have I. So speak to you soon. Yeah, it's been great speaking to you and uh, I'd love chewing the fat, as they say. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.